Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour podcast. I am your host, Grace Lennon. I'm a psychic medium and energy healer, and I'm excited for our conversation today. So if you missed the last few episodes, we had our two first guest episodes. So I'm really excited about those episodes. Thank you for the feedback. You guys can go and check them out. And I'm just really excited to see how the podcast is going to grow and expand in this next year. So today is August 2nd. We started the podcast in November 2020. So it's been a little bit, but I'm really feeling like we're getting into the groove. So I'm really excited to see how it expands. And I hope when I'm sitting here August 2nd, 2022, that there's been a ton of growth and expansion for this podcast and expanding my listeners and just being able to help people provide healing and have fun conversations. So it's been a dream of mine to have a podcast for a really long time. And for me to actually do it is another thing. So I just can't believe I'm doing this. And I'm just so happy to be at this point in my life (laughs) where I'm actually putting out a podcast. I remember um, a little bit after college. So back, back story, I went to art school. I have a BFA in printmaking and a little bit after school ended, this was almost 10 years ago now, um, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? The whole existential crisis um, vibes of it all. And I was really inspired by this podcast that I used to listen to. It's no longer a podcast. Um but it was called the Half Company Podcast. And my friend was my friend Rachel, who's going to be on this podcast eventually. She was on that podcast. So I just listened to it. And um, and then I just fell in love with that podcast. And it's no longer a thing. But you guys might be familiar with the, the, the person's work. Her name is Marley Grace. And she is a dancer, an artist. Um... And yeah, I just fell in love with her format because at the time she had an artist like residency space in um, the Midwest and people would come out and do the artist residency and then they would be a guest on her podcast. So it was just such a cool um, thing for me to listen to right out of art school because it was like seeing how people who are artists, are making their work in the world. Some people on the podcast were full-time artists. Some people were working in a nonprofit, and they, they their art was um, more of a personal project. So it was really cool for me to see how people are able to make a living or incorporate light like art into their everyday life so that was like a really big inspiration for me creating my own podcast I think that was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to besides like 
um, Radio Lab and like This American Life. I feel like those were like the first <laughs> podcasts. I had an ex who would always listen to Radio Lab before bed, and it would annoy me. I hated podcasts <laughs> at the time, and now I love it. I I have so many podcasts that I listen to. And I just feel like this is really a medium for me to be able to share longer format thoughts and feelings, share stories, have conversations. So I'm just so happy that I decided to actually do this. So that being said, please, if you have the time, the space, the ideas... If you have a thought or a feeling for a topic that you want me to discuss on the podcast, please email me at grace at gracelandon.com. Grace at gracelandon.com. You can also DM me on Instagram. I might email is preferred because sometimes the DMs get lost on Instagram, but email me. If you have a topic you want me to discuss, if there's a guest that you want me to have on, and this um, or specific questions you want me to answer. And this is something that I'm wanting to do like a Q&A episode or something like that in the future. But just if you have any ideas, pop them my way, please. The other thing is for real, for real, for real, please rate and review this podcast I know we only have a few episodes out, so if you're not ready to review yet, maybe just rate me a little five-star, a little four-star moment, um, because that's really what helps the podcast grow, at least um, on like the main platforms like Apple, Spotify, stuff like that. So please take the time to do that. It really does actually help. So thank you for listening. Today we're going... Oh, one more thing. One more thing in regards to emailing me. So I'm doing a future episode. I've been planning this for a while now. I have even posted about this on Instagram. Ooh, a fucking beautiful monarch butterfly just flew by as I'm recording this. So that seems like a good sign, baby. Um, so I have even talked about this on Instagram. So maybe you got the memo. But I'm doing an episode about aliens ets ufos that kind of stuff so i have had my own personal experiences with um celestial energies if you have worked with me getting akashic records reading you probably are somewhat familiar with my techniques but i do connect with celestial beings I do channel energy um, from my higher self, which is connected to those beings. And I have had some interesting experiences <laughs> throughout my life. Um, so I'm going to be telling my personal stories when it comes to UFOs, abductions. <laughs> That's like a scary word I don't like, but I don't know how else to call it. But I'm going to be telling my own stories and if you guys have an experience with UFOs, with aliens, with ETs, whatever you want to call it, if you have an experience that you want to share on the podcast, 
please, please, please. I've been begging people on Instagram and begging people on TikTok and I haven't had anyone actually email me. Um, so if you have an experience you want to share on the podcast, please email me again at grace at gracelandon.com. And you can write it up. You can type it up like a short one to three paragraph story. Or if you're feeling extra brave, you could record a little voice memo on your phone or a short um, MP4 file video um, so that I could share it on the podcast. So I'm really hoping that as the podcast grows and expands, I can start doing stuff, more stuff like that where people can share their own little supernatural stories. But today... We're going to talk about mediumship and spirits and ghosts. So I'm very excited. Right now I'm parked up at this beautiful hiking spot. And so I'm going to record the rest of the episode when I get back to my house. And we'll talk all about ghosts and mediumship and my personal experiences with spirits. So Let's get into it. I'm really excited. But it's just interesting because right now I'm reflecting about stuff that happened in my childhood. And so I want to share those stories with you. So I will see you very soon. Bye. And we're back. So today we're going to be talking about mediumship. So I am Grace. I am a psychic medium, which means I am both a psychic and a medium. So I'm going to be getting into my definition of a medium. And then today I'm going to be talking about some personal experiences I I had as a young child and a couple of recent experiences. So I would say, let's see, maybe in the last four years, I I want to say four years. I'm so bad with time. I say I feel like I say this every day in every podcast. But um, in the last few years, let's just say that. In the last few years, I decided that it was time for me to open up my mediumship and explore this pathway. So for those who don't know, I I guess I started in this spiritual field um, through energy healing. And that's going to be a whole podcast episode in itself. So I'm, I'm looking forward to recording that for you because it's a very long story, but, um, I had some physical illnesses, some emotional health issues, and I discovered Reiki and I started seeing this woman, my health vastly improved. And then down the line, a few years later, I decided I wanted to study Reiki. And so I have since done my Reiki master in Usui um, Reiki Rioho, traditional Usui Reiki, as well as I have done my Reiki master in Holy Fire Reiki. And I have um, received my training in Karuna Reiki. So I've gone, I've gone deep. And again, I'm going to do a whole podcast all about my, my Reiki story. 
But that's what really opened me up into the spiritual realm in a serious way. And right around Reiki 2. So we'll get again, again, (laughs) we will get this into this on the Reiki podcast. But um, with Reiki, there's three levels of training. So Reiki 2 training is all about um, working on others. You learn about distance healing. You learn about healing through time, healing with crystals, all sorts of cool stuff. So when I did my Reiki 2, this was really the um, big expansion of my spiritual gifts. And I think it was kind of a lying dormant type of situation. And as I have dived further into exploring these gifts and now doing readings and healing and work for other people, I have realized how much this work was in my life the whole time and I didn't see it. So today I'm going to be talking about a few of those experiences when I was younger. And yeah, I've always been a witchy bitch. I've always been into the macabre, the occult, the weird and the wild. (laughs) And so it probably comes no surprise to people, um, the path that I took, but For me, it was a big awakening because it was kind of going from this kind of freaks me out. Like it's fun to talk about ghosts, um, but I need to watch like 45 episodes of Real Housewives before I can go to bed after talking about it to crossing over loved ones um, and releasing spirit attachments and doing all the wild stuff I do now. It was quite a big um, leap of faith for me. So what is a medium? So I'm Grace. Again, (laughs) I'm a psychic medium. So again, that means I am both a psychic and a medium. So a psychic is, in my interpretation, a psychic is someone that is connecting with energy so they're able to read energy um so what that means for me is that say someone does a psychic reading we're looking at what's going on right now what can I tell you what is your body telling you what is um what is the energy around you looking like how can we move and shift it and then as well as tapping into the future and looking at for me it's a lot of stuff that's going on in the body as well as the mind so it's kind of like how can I improve the moment the here and the now and that information in my experience is coming from that person's higher self and I'm tapping in and I'm reading it for them or that information is coming directly from source from God Or that information is coming from the person's body and I'm translating it. Or that information is coming from the Akashic Records, which is a whole nother can of worms. It's not coming from a spirit directly. That would be 
mediumship. So a medium, you can think of it as a translator. So say you're going to court. The person that you're going to court with speaks English and you don't speak English. You're going to have to hire a translator to come to court and feed that information back and forth so that you guys can have a conversation. And so you can think of the medium as that translator between the spirit world and the human world. So in that court example, the translator would be the person who speaks both English and whatever other language. So they're able to listen to the information in a different language, translate it quickly into English, and then spew it back out to the person who is um, receiving the information. So that's the same thing for a reading or if you're seeing a medium. And instead of it being a different language... It's a different vibration. So as a medium, you're the translator. You're the channel between worlds. So as the medium, you're the translator between worlds. So you are able to receive information from the spirit world and bring it to the people in the human world. So you can think of it as... A channel or as a translator. So the medium is the the in-between. The one who walks both on earth and in heaven. <laughs> so some people will think... It all depends on your background. Your background, um, what words resonate to you. So some people think of it as the spirit world. The other side. Heaven. Whatever you want to call it. I usually call it the spirit world. Because in my experience, the way I receive things is that there are kind of like different levels of existence within the spirit world. So I just kind of wrap it all into one to make it less complicated to explain. In Reiki, we call it the heavens. So there's 13. <laughs> it, gets, it gets complicated. So I don't want to make it too esoteric unnecessarily for people so I just call it the other world uh, the other side or the spirit world so me as the medium I'm sitting in between worlds I'm able to tap in there and I'm able to tap in here and I'm able to bring information from there to here so a medium some people are born mediums and that's truly something I believe I have been gifted with but I also believe that this is a skill that is natural and innate to anyone. And we can build and expand this ability. So I don't think that it's something that only me or only people who are mediums are we're so special. We can only do this. No, this is something anyone can do. And I say this with my psychic um, 
development course that I teach that anyone can train to be a psychic or a medium. Some people are just more natural at it. I always like to just give the example of like art or or playing guitar. Like maybe someone picks up the guitar for the first time and they're like Jimi Hendrix and you're like, whoa, what the heck? But most people have to practice their little hot crust buns for six months before they can do anything. So it's the same in mediumship. It's really about practice, practice, practice. And a lot of it is about releasing fear, releasing doubt, and releasing shame. So it really depends on your background. So some people might have a lot of fear or a lot of shame associated to mediumship. If they were raised highly religious, they might, um, you know, there's a lot of impressions put upon mediumship that it's evil it's of the devil and you're speaking with demons and all this kind of stuff so sometimes it's hard to release those stories that have been placed in your head and then other people come from a background where they're agnostic or they're atheists and um they need to release some doubt because they think this is all impossible. There's no way this could be. I could never communicate with the spirit because there is no spirit world and when you did die and all that. Um, so everyone has their own story connected to what happens after you die. And so mediumship allows you to explore that. And I think if you have a great um, evidence-based practice, you're able to release some of that doubt and that shame and that fear for people centered around death and dying, which I think is very profound. So for example, say someone's super skeptical, they come and get a reading, their grandmother just passed away a few months ago, you have never ever met them before, you don't know anything about them, you don't know their grandmother passed, you don't even know anything beyond their name. And maybe their email address and their debit card information. You don't know anything. You're able to say some profound information from the grandmother that there's no way you could know. Her favorite perfume, a memory of you guys cooking together, a specific, very specific meal or even a saying or a phrase she used to say. And sometimes it's funny stuff, stuff you would never expect. And the joy and the tests between both you as a medium and the receiver is both releasing that doubt in the moment. Uh, you as a medium releasing the doubt like, um, I don't really know why I'm being shown this random thing, blah, blah, blah. This makes no sense. Like, mm, I don't know if I should say this. And stepping out, actually saying it and being met with the reception of, oh my God, that makes so much sense, blah, 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 blah. So everyone within a medium reading, everyone is kind of like suspending a lot of feelings for them to get to a place where they're safe and comfortable enough to explore this information. So a medium reading is not for everyone. And sometimes, if, especially if we just recently lost someone, sometimes it might be 
the perfect time to get a medium reading, like to get that closure. And then sometimes maybe you should wait a year or two because it, it's so fresh that it might be hard for you to hear some of the information that the spirit has to say. So everyone, everyone is different. And everyone as a medium is different as well. So like I said before, we are translators as mediums. So this goes back to the idea of the psychic senses. So we are going to receive information through one or more of our senses. So so same as regular senses. Some people might have a really good sense of smell. And they walk in the room, they're like... Oh, I smell that perfume that grandmother used to wear. Or I smell a candle that reminds me of eighth grade dance. Like, And some people um, can't hear much. They, they, they're really good at pushing stuff in the background. And um, other, like, say, for example, you're out to dinner and you and your friend are having a conversation. One of you is just like tapped in you guys are having this great conversation you're just listening intently but the other one of you is just hearing like the, the couple over having a fight and then you're hearing the clanking and the um clanking of the cups as the waiter's taking them out and you hear a glass smashing in the corner and you hear the water being poured you're hearing everything and it's hard for you to concentrate on the conversation so just like those senses some peoples are stronger in certain elements and poorer in others. And that doesn't mean that you can't strengthen your other abilities. This goes for mediumship. We use these senses to communicate with the spirit. So some people are like direct translators. That would be clear audience. So they hear the spirit telling them word for word information and you give that exact word for word sentence by sentence information back to the client so that's clear audience some people are clairvoyant so they're going to see the spirit they're, the spirit could show them something so it's like as if the spirit is directly in front of them they see what their outfit looked like they see um, what their hair was like. Maybe they see a room that they're in. They're being told the whole story through visuals. That could be even through symbols, signs and symbols. Um, so say, for example, your grandmother drank a specific tea. Maybe um, the medium is being shown a satchel of PJ tips. What is it called? That English tea? Maybe that's a message for someone who's listening to this. But um, it's being shown images. Other people are claircognizant. So that's um, psychic knowing. So in my experience of this, it's almost as if information floats into your mind. Like it's your own thought, but a different note. Like you know it's not your thought, but it just feels like a thought. It's not like... It's different than clear audience, but it's similar in which you're receiving probably words. Then there is um, clairsentience. So that's psychic feeling. 
So maybe someone that you're communicating with, um, they had a stroke. So you're feeling some lagging and some, um, stiffness in a certain part of your body, or it feels like limp or numb. That's all information for you. So with a medium reading, a lot of it is like conversational of like, I'm getting this. Does this make sense? It's not necessarily like, I'm getting this. Can you tell me who you think it might be? Because that's not the job of the sitter. They're just supposed to receive. And you're supposed to make it easy for them to receive. So just giving them as much information as you can and being able to help them understand where it's coming from and every medium is going to be different so some people are very experienced they're going to get the name they're going to get the date they're going to get everything other people it's if they're just getting started or just really depends on their abilities they might only get a few things and doesn't mean that that wasn't a great reading so Every little piece of information in my experience with readings, every little piece of information is like, you didn't just see see me what I just did, but I just did a little popping off a top of the can, like a, um, they're giving me this very specific image. So I'm just going to share it with you to explain this analogy, but did anyone ever, um, eat like those it was like a trend when I was growing up in the 2000s. It was like M&Ms put these little tubes out and they were like teeny tiny M&Ms and they were in a little tube and you could just top the, pop the top off. For some reason, they're showing me like that. Like um, every little piece of information is popping a top off for someone. Like it's might not make full sense to them right away, but that pop that top is popped off and the m&ms or the information inside can start to trickle out so it might not make full sense right away but it's going to bloom and blossom over time essentially is how i i, I explain it to my clients kind of as time release information like this might make so much sense to you right now and then it might also make sense more in six months And for me also, something I love to do, and I suggest if you are a reader to have this option for people, is making a recording of the session. Because again, sometimes it might not make sense right away. Um, Especially with some stuff centered around mediumship. I have been very lucky to sit in a few medium circles right now um, in the last few months or the last like six months, I guess half a year year something like that I've been practicing in circle which just means it's a group and you meet and you can practice doing readings on each other but sometimes the information is from like a great uncle and you didn't know them um you only knew them when you were like a teeny tiny baby so sometimes you have to like get that information and then like talk to your random aunt and like she knows exactly what you're talking about a couple things like that have happened to me um where I didn't know what the person was telling me and then it has actually given me some really cool information about my family um and helped me learn some stuff about my ancestors and so I think 
even if you don't have a specific spirit that you are wanting to communicate with, receiving a medium reading might be a really interesting, um, like ancestral healing experience. So a couple of months ago, I guess the beginning of July, I did a medium reading for my aunt. She is lives in Connecticut and she was visiting out here because my cousin lives out here and her son. But anyway, I did a reading for her and it was very cool. Lots of cool stuff came up, but we did connect with my great, great, yeah, my great grandmother. Mm, I think great, great grandmother, her great grandmother. Um, and she knew her in her lifetime and it was really beautiful because I had been practicing doing mediumship and getting lots of information about this woman, Mary Caroline Kelly, and I didn't know her. I only had one really weird photograph my mom sent me of her that was like an old tin type, which is so cool. Um, but I think some of my mediumship comes from her. Um her mother so her mother was kind of like sent away she had some mental illness which is definitely something that runs in my family um I don't want to say that it wasn't mental illness because it probably was and it could also be that she was a medium and communicating connecting with spirits so I think some of that information comes from her and that's a whole another aside but we did connect with my great great grandmother who I had been connecting with in my medium circles but I didn't really know anything about her and so when I did the reading with my aunt it was so cool to get a lot of confirmation for information I had previously received because she actually knew her in real life so that's what I'm saying by the ancestor healing is that It might be a way for you to connect with your living family deeper, but also to understand, you know, some of the traits and some of the stuff that might come through your family line. And, you know, not all of that is good. There's a lot of wounding in my family, a lot of mental illness, alcoholism, addiction, um, abuse and such, but... By me exploring this, I am sending healing through all out time and that directly benefits me in this lifetime, but also, you know, sending healing to my family, um, both living and dead. So that was a little tangent. (laughs) So mediumship. So we can communicate and connect with crossover loved ones, spirits that were once human, the grandfathers, the ancestors, even pets. And as mediums, we can also connect with ethereal energies, things like angels, spirit guides. You could connect with goddesses, um, light beings, all sorts of um, energies being a medium, I also see the ability to communicate and connect with 
yeah, energies and and themselves. So think of it like the elements being able to connect with water, earth, fire, air, being able to connect with the plants that are around you. Again, animals, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be dead. Um, but I see it as being able to bridge the worlds. So being able to hear what, hear, see, smell, taste, whatever sense it is for you, what the uh, other realms are saying. So mediumship is amazing. It's changed my life. It really truly has. Um, because it's something that I had always been doing, but I didn't realize I was doing it. So it made me feel like I was crazy. <laughs> um, and so I've, I received a lot of healing in exploring this and being safe and, um, ready to expand that ability and, and not being scared anymore of my power and my abilities and, um, my knowledge, not being scared to tell people the truth. Um, so it's been a journey. So, yeah, I would say right around when I started studying Reiki, the mediumship and my psychic abilities were like, hey, um, how you doing? <laughs> do you forget about us do you not see us or something (laughs) and it was time it was time to open up it was time to explore before that my experience with spirits and ghosts was negative scary spooky ooky freaky deaky and now those experiences have brought me healing. Now, I truly do believe that my experiences growing up with spirits as a child and as a young person were not negative. I just feel that I didn't understand what was happening. And my lens on things were that any spirit, anything that was showing up was either I'm going insane, there's something wrong with me, or that these spirits were evil. And I think that just comes mostly from media. I definitely had a very big um, horror movie obsession growing up and was very interested in ghosts and spirits. I remember there was one specific bookstore that my family would go to. It's like a famous bookstore. I wonder if it's still there, but it was in Newton, Massachusetts, and a really just like a huge, large selection. So we would go there every once in a while um, because it was kind of far away from where we lived. And I remember they had a whole section about ghosts and about spirits and about like supernatural things. And I would spend hours looking at those books. And that was kind of before a lot of um, internet 
and the ability to be able to just like look up information or watch YouTube videos. What I really learned about spirits was coming from books or from movies. And sometimes that information is false or it's dramatized. So my impression of anything that was coming in my field or around me was that this was evil and this was a demon or this was something that was going to take over my body. (laughs) Definitely saw the exorcist at 11 years old and that was very, I think, (laughs) damaging for me. Um, But I had a very interesting obsession. I was obsessed with um, that information. I remember I had, I still have this book um, I had this book that was like all these different sacred sites and it talked about um, like crop circles and it talked about uh, Stonehenge and, you know, things like that. Urban legends was always something that was so interesting to me. So I always was seeking something that was outside of a regular reality, but... I didn't have the support to understand that there is places within that field of information, ghost, spirits, supernatural, that is positive. It's not all about haunted um, houses and things like that. But that was how I first connected was through those stories. And I always wanted to know about ghost stories and even God. I was very obsessed with God as a child. Um, My family, they were raised Catholic, both of my parents, but they didn't like pursue that at all. It was, it was just something that was kind of forced upon them when they were young. And then we didn't really go to church or anything like that. I wasn't baptized, but my best friend growing up, she was Lutheran. And so I remember on Sundays, we like lived next to each other. This one, I was like six or five, six years old. We lived next door to each other and I would go to her backyard and we would play and hang out. And I would For some reason, there was like a podium, a little pedestal um, in their yard. And I remember we we would like play church and I would make her like reenact the sermon so that I could learn what was kind of going on with God. (laughs) And we also, I remember very vividly kind of this was at that age when you play like these imaginary games, like pretending to be mermaids and stuff like that. And I definitely, we played like demons versus angels or something like that we definitely didn't call it that but I remember it was like we are like the good like creatures like fighting the evil darkness like that metaphor was definitely something that resonated with me as a little kid for some reason but I think looking back on it I really just see that I was interested in the etheric like And the only really thing that I knew about what that was like was either through the perception of religion, which was kind of mysterious to me because I didn't, I went to church like every once in a while on a holiday or something. My sibling actually sang in the church choir, they sing opera, but I would like not go, (laughs) like smoke weed and stuff. Um, And... 
I also have a vivid memory of going to church. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I think you guys will think this is funny. But I remember as like six years old, I went to church with my friend, my best friend, who was a Lutheran. And that was the first time I'd ever been to a Lutheran church. And it was a little bit more mm, laid back, I guess, than, I mean, it's not laid back, but like than Catholicism, there's a little bit less um, of a show that they put on. But um, I remember going into that church and we'd have the little pews um, where I don't know what it's called, but there would be like little indents in in the pews and in the benches where the Bible would be in the hymns and things like that. And so I remember I was like, I think I was six or seven years old. And we went to church that day after a sleepover that I stayed at her house and her family took me to church. And then I was really excited to go because I'd never been. And as I just said, I was really into the idea of God at the time and like celebrating God and like learning more about the mysteries of life (laughs) as a six-year-old. And we went and for some reason I, I had gotten really sick and it came on super quickly. It came on super fast. I guess I got the flu or something like that, but all of a sudden I felt really nauseous and then I started vomiting and I projectile vomited into the little pew slots with the hymn books on t- even further up into the woman there who was sitting in front of me's purse, which is disgusting. And then I remember going into like the bathroom and like running into the bathroom and then um, my friend's dad had to like take me out of there and he brought me to my house and I took a bath and I ended up having the flu and getting like whatever that pink medicine is they give you for the flu as a kid. But I just thought my parents just thought it was so funny that the one time I went to church, I projectile vomited everywhere and they were just like saying how people probably thought it was like an evil demon child this unbaptized child coming in and just projectile vomiting everywhere but that's just an aside that I th- that I just thought of randomly so I thought I would share that funny story but I'd always been interested in the supernatural and the ways that I knew about that was through my friend who was religious and also through media, like the books I was just saying, finding these mysterious little books. That was when I got a little bit older, maybe like eight or nine. Um, and then when, probably when I turned 10, 11 years old, I started getting into scary movies and I started getting obsessed with scary movies because it was like... I was also obsessed with Scooby-Doo, so, like, the idea of mysteries and, like, solving a mystery, that was always interesting to me. So I'm, like, always kind of, like, seeking that knowledge, like, that mysterious knowledge. And what I think is so interesting, too, about Scooby-Doo is that it's, like, it shows kind of both perspectives of, like, oh, there could be something going on here. There could be a spirit. There could be a ghost here. But there could also be a different explanation. So it kind of, like um instilled that idea of skepticism in me which has taken a long time to release but I also think it's really important to have some level of that so you're not just like falling down all these different rabbit holes that might not even be something that is true for you so I think sometimes it's important to have a little bit of skepticism and discernment 
But um, around 11 years old, I saw The Exorcist because that whole year I got really into scary movies. My dad was also into it. And our whole thing would be like our bonding experience would be watching these movies together. So we watched kind of like the classics. I remember watching American Werewolf in Paris or London. I can't remember. But, like, the first few scenes were just, like, tits and, 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 like, people having sex. And I was, like, this is awkward as a child. But we watched just kind of, like, the, a lot of those 80s movies. Um, and I was just obsessed with, like, getting scared. Like, I wanted to be scared. I wanted that feeling of, like, something's amok. Something's happening. Something's a-brewing. Um, and so... I was like, nothing scares me, nothing scares me. Eventually, he let me watch The Exorcist when I was around 11 years old. And I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because before then, it was kind of like, oh, this is fun. And then, like, to get scared. And then when I actually really, like, tapped into some unconscious fear around evil, around demons, around possession, I shrunk a lot of my ability to see and connect to the spirit world. Because I started to believe that the things around me were not positive were negative or evil or it was possible to get possessed or or go into a state where you can't come back to your normal reality and I remember as a kid I had a really great visualization like I could close my eyes I could see everything I remember being obsessed too with like closing my eyes and seeing like colors in my mind's eye and I would always see these like glittery sparkling things that looked like squiggles and imagery kind of like a light language is how I would describe it now but after I saw that movie a lot of that turned off because I began to develop a fear because I would close my eyes at night I think I must have been 12 years old now that I ref- now I'm thinking about it cuz I know I was in 7th grade. So I'd close my eyes before bed and then I would feel like I was falling, like that feeling of like everyone's had that feeling when you're fall- falling asleep and you feel like you're actually like, falling or um even most like levitating out of your body and then pfft, float falling back into your body I'm sure you've had an experience like that that would happen over and over again and when I close my eyes I'd see like that little demon face that in the exorcist if you've seen it it's just like a flash that comes on the screen and it's this pazuzu this evil demon um and it shows up on the screen for like a second and it has like the just scary makeup And that face would just pop into my mind's eye and I would freak out. And then I had trouble sleeping. I remember I'd stay up late at night, like, um, watching like cartoons and things like that to get my mind off of it. So I would get so tired that I would just pass out. And at the, and I would also start listening to 
like books on tape and having things playing in the background so that I didn't feel like comfortable in silence. So when I was kind of reflecting upon that, I was like, oh yeah, that's, I guess that's really when a lot of my clairvoyance, my visualization skills started like releasing, like started um, disappearing is what I meant to say, because I had suddenly developed a big fear block within me. So within the last two years, I've been really releasing a lot of fear around seeing specifically, and I've been working on developing my clairvoyance more because it's something that was naturally really easy for me, and then it kind of all disappeared due to fear. And it wasn't only just the exorcist fear thing. There was other situations that would happen where at night I would close my eyes and I would see spirits and I didn't know how to have the boundaries to be like, okay, you need to leave or this isn't the time to connect. Now I know how to establish those healthy boundaries with not only humans, but with the spirit world. And at night as a kid, I would see these spirits and it really created fear in me. So I I was going to tell another story, but I think that is it for today. So I have another story I'd like to tell you guys about my childhood experiences, more centered around Claire audience and creating blocks around that. But I just want to remind people that everyone has the ability to connect to the spirit world, connect to their own intuitive abilities. It's just about like kind of exploring your own life and seeing where the blocks or the hesitations are for you. So maybe you have some fear like me centered around demons or evil or I'm going crazy. That's another common one. So kind of exploring what makes you nervous about deepening your spiritual practice and then finding the way to begin to build that trust for yourself. So when I first started doing guided meditations, I would get scared when I would close my eyes. And I know I've had students or clients like that too, where they're scared of something they might see. And so when I first started, I would keep my eyes open. And eventually I am to a place where I feel safe when I close my eyes. I don't feel like one of two things. I don't feel like there's a spirit that's just going to pop into my vision, like a jump scare vibe, um, like like a weird YouTube video late at night. Um, but I also don't feel like someone's going to attack me. Because I think it's very real to have both fear of the spirit world and also fear of the human world, where when we close our eyes, that's when we let our guard down. So I think there are some things within ourselves that we really have to build up that trust to feel safe enough to relax. Safe enough to relax. So thank you guys for listening. Please, again, rate and review the podcast. If you have any celestial beings, alien stories, again, please email me. I'd love to hear about them, and I'd love to share about them on the podcast. So, again, email me at grace at gracelinen.com. If you have any questions or feedback about this episode, 
DM me or email me. I'd love, love, love to hear your feedback and hear from you. And if you have any similar experiences to me around fear, around doubt or shame, if you're comfortable sharing with me, I would love to hear them. So thank you. And I will see you guys soon.